Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. Second Kings. Are we starting a new book? Well, not really, because Second Kings is just the second half of the book of Kings. It's in two volumes, First and Second Kings. So we pick right up with our story of Ahab and, and his death. And that's actually, you'll see where we left off at the end of uh, First Kings was... Ahab had died and Amaziah, the son of Ahab, began to reign. So we pick up right after this in the book of 2 Kings. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we look to his word today. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the privilege it is for us to be able to be in your word day by day. It's a joy, it's a privilege, it's an honor, it's a blessing. May your Holy Spirit make it a rich blessing to our hearts and minds and lives today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 1. After the death of Ahab, Moab rebelled against Israel. Now Ahaziah fell through the lattice in his upper chamber in Samaria and lay sick. So he sent messengers telling them, Go inquire of Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover from this sickness. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise! Go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and say to them, Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are going to inquire of Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron? Now, therefore, says the Lord, you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. So Elijah went. The messengers returned to the king, and he said to them, Why have you returned? And they said to him, There came a man to meet us and said to us, Go back to the king who sent you and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are sending to inquire of Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron? Therefore you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. He said to them, What kind of man was he who came to meet you and told you these things? They answered him, He wore a garment of hair, with a belt of leather about his waist, and he said, It is Elijah the Tishbite. Then the king sent to him a captain of fifty men with his fifty. He went up to Elijah, who was sitting at the top of a hill, and said to him, O man of God, the king says, Come down. But Elijah answered the captain of fifty, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty. Then fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. Again the king sent to him another captain of fifty men with his fifty. And he answered and said to him, O man of God, this is the king's order. Come down quickly. But Elijah answered them, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty. Then the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. Again, the king sent the captain of a third fifty with his fifty. And the third captain of fifty went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and entreated him, O man of God, please let my life and the life of these fifty servants of yours be precious in your sight. Behold, fire came down from heaven and consumed the two former captains of fifty men with their fifties, but now let my life be precious in your sight. Then the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, Go down with him. Do not be afraid of him. 
So he arose and went down with him to the king, and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Because you have sent messengers to inquire of Baalzebub, the god of Ekron, is it because there is no god in Israel to inquire of his word? Therefore you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. So he died, according to the word of the Lord that Elijah had spoken. Jehoram became king in his place in the second year of Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, because Ahaziah had no son. Now the rest of the acts of Ahaziah that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? I want to make a quick comment here on this last verse. We've seen this reference several times to the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel. That is a book that is lost to us. It's lost in history. It's not inspired scripture, word of God. It's not the book of Chronicles, First and Second Chronicles. It's some other book uh, that was lost to us in history at some point. Just a reminder, there are lots of books that uh, are not, um, not the inspired word of God. And so we don't, we don't have them anymore. All right, so 2 Kings chapter 1, we see that the apple doesn't far, fall far from the tree. Ahab, you know, he feigned repentance when he got <clears throat> a very harsh word from the Lord, but he was never really repentant. He never really trusted the Lord. He was a very self-serving king, and his wife Jezebel was just an avid and devoted worshiper of the Baals. Baal is a name that uh, applies to a bunch of different gods in the Canaanite area. And this is one of them, Baalzebub, the god of Ekron. So each one of them is sort of associated with, with the bringing of storms. Baal is considered to be the bringer of storms. But then there were sort of sub-Baals who would have, you know, provenance over different aspects of, of uh, the area, supposedly different parts of creation. Of course, they're all false gods, but it's very interesting that this king, this son of Ahab, sends to a foreign god. He's going to go, Ekron is in the Philistine area, so he's going to go to the Philistines and ask of a god of the Philistines for an answer. That is just, you know, ridiculous. And, but that's what he would have learned from his, from his mom. Um, he is, He's an idolater. And Elijah, as Elijah had to confront Ahab several times, apparently Ahaziah didn't learn the lessons from those things. It seems like Ahaziah must have been alive when Elijah confronted the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. It seems that Elijah must have been, you know, it seems that Ahaziah must have been alive when Elijah brought this word uh, <clears throat> regarding the defeat of the Syrians and Ben-Hadad and how Ahab wasn't supposed to let him go and how God was going to take his life. And then he repented and God relented and, and extended his time period. So Ahaziah must have witnessed these things, but maybe his mom spun those things in his, in his ear so that he didn't have quite the right perspective. Whatever the reason, really no excuse because he had plenty of evidence, but he has hardened his heart against the Lord and he has gone and inquired of of a false god, of a foreign god. And he doesn't like this word that Elijah brings to him. 
He sends these messengers out, and the messengers don't even make it to Ekron. They don't come back from Ekron. They're just met by Elijah. They get a word from Elijah. They go immediately back to the king. They seem to have some sense that you don't really mess with the Lord, and you don't really mess with the man of God. So they go back to the king. But when the king finds out that it's Elijah, he's determined that he's going to get rid of this troublemaker. Remember, Ahab had referred to Elijah as his enemy, as the troubler of Israel. And so Elijah probably had a really bad name in the court of Ahab and in his household. And so Ahaziah knows who Ahab is or who um, Elijah is and wants to have him done away with. So he sends a captain of 50. But you can't, you can't oppose God with any human means. And so this group of 50 men are consumed by fire from heaven and just shows how stubborn Ahaziah is. I mean, he's after all the stories he'd heard about Elijah, after all the things that he had witnessed or heard of in his whole life, here he has 50 men and their captain are consumed by fire from heaven. That should have triggered in his mind, oh yeah, fire from heaven. Remember Mount Carmel? Remember the opposition of of the prophets of Baal and 450 prophets of Baal and one man Elijah and fire from heaven that consumes the sacrifice. He should have known about those things. But he's hard-hearted and he goes and he sends another 50. And those 50 are consumed and he goes and sends another 50. He's willing to do this over and over and over again. Human life doesn't matter to him. All that matters to him is that he gets his way. And this third captain of 50 is a God-fearing man who's wise and who understands that he cannot oppose God with human force. He will not win if he's opposing God. And so he makes this plea for mercy and for Elijah to respect his life. And the angel of the Lord says to Elijah, okay, you can go with this man and his 50, because this is a man who fears God and has wisdom, and he's not going to lay a hand on you. And so he comes and delivers the same message. You know, it's the exact same message that Ahaziah had already received and that he didn't want to hear, but he gets it in person now from Elijah. And of course, God's word comes true. What do we learn from this chapter? Well, several different things, but one of them is that it when people say they don't have enough evidence to believe in God or whatever, it's just not true, right? There's ample evidence all around us that there is a God that he's created everything, that he sustains everything, that he's a God of wisdom and power and beauty. And he's given us his word, which is the most widely distributed, most widely translated book in the history of the world. There's been billions of copies of the Bible printed in hundreds of languages all around the world. And it's available any, anywhere you want to turn. I mean, you can go online and get it. You can go on a phone and get it. You can go in any bookstore and get it. It's just the Bible's everywhere. So it's not that you don't have access to Revelation. Jesus has proven who he is by rising again from the dead. Everybody knows that. You know, So it's never true when someone says, well, I just haven't seen enough evidence to convince me that God is real or that Jesus is, is the Son of God or that Christianity is true. That's just not true. It's, it's a lie. It's a smokescreen for people who don't want to believe the truth because what they want is something that's much more self-serving. Ahaziah wanted, he sent away to Baal-zebub of Ekron because the pagan gods, you see, could be bought, could be bribed, could be persuaded. So perhaps he's sending to Baal-zebub because he figures, here's a god I can negotiate with. I can get down on, 
on his level, he can come down to my level and I can offer him something that will get me the healing that I'm looking for. He kind of knows that Yahweh is a God that you can't really manipulate or control. So it's never the fact that people don't have enough evidence. It's more a fact that they want to be in control and they want a God who will do what they say. And so they don't want the one true God. And then the second big thing I think we need to see is that God always accomplishes his purpose and his word always comes true. We need to believe that. Even when we're in very difficult situations, Elijah is a man who is on the run. He's been on the run his whole life. Even now, the king in Israel wants him dead. God's protected him, but he doesn't live in happy times. You know, Baal worshippers have been dominating Israel. They've been leading people astray. You've had bad king following bad king. But yet God's word is coming true. God's purposes are being accomplished. So we can look at the times in which we live and we think, well, we're living in very dark times and things are getting worse and our culture is going astray from what should be reasonable truth apparent to everyone and they're embracing madness and how can you be a Christian in this day and age? Well, you be a Christian in this day and age the same way that Elijah was a prophet in his day and age, the same way that the apostles were Christians in the first century of a very pagan and very immoral culture. You stand for Christ, you speak the truth, and you know this. God's will will be done. God's word will be fulfilled. It's as simple as that. It's been fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ, who makes a little appearance here, I think, in verse 15, as the angel of the Lord who says to Elijah, go down with him, don't be afraid of him. You see, the angel of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, was watching out for Elijah. And the angel of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, is watching out for you and me. He says to us in John chapter 10, I, I hold you in my hand. No one can snatch you out of my hand. So we can stand for Christ. We can speak the truth with boldness. We can testify with love and sincerity and, and, and openness, knowing that, yeah, people might reject I mean, Ahaziah didn't exactly want to hear this word from God. He didn't say, oh, you're so right. I need to repent of my ways. No, he died in stubborn unbelief. And there may be a lot of people that we're called to share the gospel with who never come to faith. But if we're following the Lord, his will will be done and his word will be fulfilled. We can trust him. He will not fail. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the ways in which your word challenges us and encourages us. Help us to stand on your word and to stand for your word in the midst of this culture, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, that's 2 Kings chapter 1. Join me tomorrow for 2 Kings chapter 2. And as always, of course, I hope you do have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.